Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1942, in the cold desert of a small border town in Texas, a group of kind are kidnapped and mass embraced by members of the fanatical sect, the Sabbat. Out of this group, only a handful survived, and through rituals and mentorship, they became the pack known as the Pale Riders. Representing the Sword of Cain, they are wielded by a mentor to cut deep wounds within the heartland of Mexico to the enemies of the Sabbat. Wars on Fire is a vampire the masquerade Sabbat chronicle that follows the Pale Riders pack that consists of Mitch, a Lazampa played by Adam, Coyote, a Ravenous anti-tribute played by Alex, Eldrick, a Caitiff played by David, Jasper, a Bruja anti-tribute played by Joaquin, Cora, a Shimizi played by Slavic, and Richard, a Venture anti-tribute played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So where we left off, the, the pack kind of split in two and Jasper was left on his own at your guys' haven in Cedar Creek. Two of the of the pack members went into Cedar Creek and went about there, kind of uh, caused some chaos at someone's home and kidnapped someone. And then the other two went and kind of set up a trap, making it look like the Rolls Royce was broken into and then kidnapped someone that way. So Jasper, as the group takes off, you were you're you're still standing outside of this abandoned resort hotel that you guys have made your nest that was once booming in the twenties, but now has became this eerie, decrepit haven for the monsters that you are slowly becoming. Especially you with this impactful moment you had just with the Valdery here, where not only did you experience a religious rite in itself that has long tradition in your sect, but it really impacted your humanity and helped evolve you more, but also left a scar in a way that now once it, once the group left, you see these bodies slowly swinging upside down, just gently. You, you feel the breeze, the, the, the cool spring breeze. You smell the dust you hear the life that's in the desert and you see this pool of blood that sits in this fountain straight across from you. What is going on with you right now at this moment? Okay, so after this, after the whole experience with the Valdery and all, all that good stuff, basically Jasper just goes like, I have, to remember, I have to commemorate this. I have to keep this with me. I cannot forget this. I cannot. <sighs> this, this is a moment of beauty. This, this, we will, I will share this. I will have to share this. And so he goes around like just like looking, especially with the bodies, like just looking at how they're sit- how they're situated. They're uh, how they're tied up, the ropes, the knots, and all the rest. He's trying like putting them to memory. Yeah, you slowly are walking around for the couple of hours that your pack mates are gone, and you're like just intricately like looking over. It's almost like you're absorbing each each carcass that is hanging there. You know, even kind of like slowly turning your head a little bit, like getting on your knees on the on the lip of the fountain, that the little one foot lip there, and you're kind of just a little look at the face of like this that's just like kind of pale and with a gash across its neck, and you find it to be a very intimate moment too, almost like it's art in a way that that you saw that you see here. 
So as you guys get back in your respected, you know, pairings, have you guys paired off with Richard and Coyote had that bonding moment, which really is kind of a strange relationship. And the fact that you guys are both on the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to humanity. And then you have Mitch and Cora who have this, uh, this, this bond, well, not a bond, but a, a tie together from their mortal days, which was Cora's son who served with Mitch in World War One and died and led to Mitch and Cora kind of having this, I wouldn't call them enemies, but having this, 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 I guess, tension between each other and, and, and hatred, uh, hatred, I guess, in a way, I don't know. So you guys come upon, you guys come back and you see Jasper's kind of like, walk, like walking around, kind of just slowly looking at the body still, like he's soaking up the fountain and the bodies are dangling upside down from the fountain. Cause in case you guys forgot, there was seven bodies dangling upside down and like Archbishop Vidar like went and cut their throats, which added their blood to the pool. You're able to notice when Jasper, when you see the two figures walking out of the desert, you see that Richard is holding like this little girl who's unconscious, just kind of like limp in his arms as Coyote is walking like with his normal ego machismo stride smoking a cigar. And then you see the car roll up and you see Cora and Mitch get out of the car. You guys all see this? Scenes on you. Go ahead. What's the child for? It's a snake. What? You stupid. Oh, wait. Brother, I think you just gave me a wonderful opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'll take this with the child. like, I have. I need, I need to plan this. I need. need... I just. I just. I sort of walk off, like, um, to the corner. Just, like, just lay the child down. I'm like, how do I do it? Just, just... So Mitch and Cora, as you get out of the car, you see Jasper looking at this child that's on the ground, like he's deep in thought. You see this child is knocked out, has a, you, you're having a hard time, you can't really make out her face, but in the moonlight, the, 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 and your headlights, you kind of, which I don't know if you leave on, but you can kind of see like the whole side of her face is pretty bruised up. Mitch will get out of the car. Why in the hell is there a child here? I'll throw my cigar on the ground, say... Because the blood is tastier. I thought she would make a nice gift. Gift for who? For Jasper. He hasn't. He didn't come to feed with us. I appreciate the intent. However, people look for kids harder than they look for anybody else. <sighs> you hear Jasper go, yes, 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 yes. Brother Jasper, are you all right? Mitch will go around to the back of the car, pop the trunk, and haul the dude out. I'm fine, Cora. Just, I have ideas in my head. I just, I need, they're forming. I just, I need time just to, to pick them out. Of course, brother. Uh, I think I'll retreat to my quarters. If you'll need me, you'll find me there. And you, you see Mitch, Jasper, as you're talking, or you see Mitch dragging this body of like a beer-gutted, you know, Texan Caucasian out of the trunk of the, Roll, the Rolls Royce. Bring the kid inside. Nobody hurt her. Fat ass is my dinner. And wait, Cora's dinner. Wait, wait, j- brother. And I, spare materials. I, I need, I need her, I need her for a plan. I have a plan. I have a plan. No one is hurting the child. He can't return the child. I have a plan. Listen, how, I, do you mind if I... Yes. Really? I mind this whole fucking situation. Look around us, brother. We are beyond mortal concerns. We are greater than this. We not need we don't need to worry about what we thought back then. Don't you see that 
We have. Do you want some sheriff kicking down the door to our haven at high noon looking for this kid? Not if he's looking somewhere else. Where the hell else is he going to be looking? What is? They are going to scour every inch of desert to find her. So that's why we use that. We can use that to our advantage. You, from what I, you told me that the Camarilla, they have hidden our targets somewhere. They hide the people. So if we go there, they might have some way of communicating a radio or something. But if we have a diversion, something to occupy their attention while we go in there, they have to pick. They will have to explain. So everyone knows that a child is a thing to be guarded and everyone. The instinct of every human will be to guard this child. So, we we give them a we give them a reason, something to defend her from. I say we take her to Juarez. We make it look like that a uh, half breed, uh, whatever his name was, took her. It was hiding her. That we make it like we rescued her from there, and we make we create a diversion. We let the crowds t- deliver justice upon him. And then we just sneak away and tend to our target then, that very night. And while the Camarilla is occupied with the chaos down there, we go and they're, well, they're occupied. So what you're saying is we need to bring her inside. Am I right? Or something like that. We just need – we could just add something along those lines. I haven't figured that out yet. But just Bring her inside. Tie her up. No one hurt her. And we'll discuss this further. All right. I'll probably – Excuse me. Just get I have word. some spare materials to deliver. And I'll hoist the fat guy up and start walking into the haven. I guess Jasper will just like sort of just pick her up and just like grab like some ropes from the, uh, like probably like lying around. Just like. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have ropes lying around from your year being there. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't even want to think. So you bring her in, you tie, kind of tie her up and do you like leave her in a corner or kind of tie her to a chair? Or she's about 10 years old, nine years old. Um, put her in a sack. No, brother. We no, no. We need to. We need to plan this. I'll put her like. I'll find like some mattress or something like that. Doesn't do rotted. Just like put her down there. Just like, okay. Jasper went in and went into a random room and threw this little girl tied up on a mattress and standing there like he's trying to think, orientate a plan. Mitch went in with the body. He's going into Cora's little experiment area. Where are you going, Coyote? You're going with Jasper. Where, where, like Coyote and um, Richard. Where are you guys going? I'm going to sidle up to Cora. I'm probably going to go okay. with Jasper just because Richard is going to feel at least somewhat guilty. So, yes. my brother, how how do you plan to how do you plan to make it look like someone of the Camarilla does something to this girl? We don't need to we just need to we just need to go to Juarez and just show them that this small poor child was taken by those Sav foreign those savages, just that that just the happy just we just need to get we just need to get the initial reaction just something I can use that. Why should they believe us? These I, are people from Juarez. Why should they believe us? It's not just people from Juarez. It's people from all over the country coming there to have a to to escape their troubles. But if they find troubles there, they will want to make sure that. If we, if, we, if we provide them just enough fire just in them, just we can, we can turn them against this corruption they, they will find, and they will eradicate it for us. And then the Camarilla will just focus on that. We need we don't, to have we don't, someone pre-convinced of 
what we need to achieve. You need to look no further, brother. I can do this. I can spread. All my life, I've been trying. When I was alive, I was trying to spread wisdom. Now, I can- now I can do so much more. Mm, Richard is probably really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my brother. I have full trust in you. All right. So, do you think we should break her- one of her arms? Just, just one. Just to- what? <laughs> Uh, just, just one of her arms, just like a clean break. Just, we need to show her like that. What, nothing. If people will go to protect us, uh, away with land, but they will, but they will work even harder to protect it if they see it is injured and there are wolves nearby. We just need to. It's just, just a small thing. We don't even. Just something to show that yes, she has been hurt by the by their hands. She has been hurt. As, uh, yeah, that's a good point. You both look down right now, and you have light, and you see just, like, the whole uh, right side of her face is just, like, is sl- like bruising up. Like, her eye- I mean, she's her eyes are closed, but you can see it looks like she has, like, a fractured orbital bone. You know what I mean? You can see, like, the swelling's gotten pretty bad, and you can see, okay. like, the yeah. side of her face. Can I make, like, a medicine check yeah. to see that, if she, like, she's going to die? I don't have medicine. I do. Yeah, you have medicine, right? Yeah, yeah, you can make a medicine. Let's, uh, let me get... Let me get a perception and medicine difficulty six. That's two success with three successes. You're, you you go up to her and you see you see Jasper go up and he like kneels down. He's like lifting up her. He's like filling around her eye and he's like lifting up her eyelids and then he's like sitting there just kind of filling around her neck and filling her head and and you can tell that like she's obviously knocked out. But you don't think like with her eye movement and everything from when you opened it up and it was exposed to the light, you assume that she'll probably come out of it in due time. She's going to be in an excruciating amount of pain. Might not even be able to talk because you, you found out her jaw was broken too on that side also. So, uh, well, it's a, it's a, uh, That's enough bruising, yes. That will show nicely by tomorrow night, yes. It is clearly uh, visible. Yeah, One can break the- an arm by falling down some stairs. This right. won't happen. This is fine. Yeah, this, this is fine. This will, this will be satisfied. Just make sure that showed. Yes. Okay. Cora, you've never fully described your like laboratory area, have you, in-game? I'm not sure. Do you want to go ahead and do that now? Yeah. It's probably, at, the, at this point, it's nothing really interesting. Maybe a cage, stuff, beds where, you know, the patients can be... Uh, basically held down by straps and stuff. It's in the basement, right? Yeah, yeah. So I would say also yeah. like compact dirt, like the basements back then used to have, you know what I mean? Very compact. Mm-hmm. You guys probably see like blood, that dried blood that's been sprayed there, you know what I mean? Or dropped there in this compact dirt. So you two followed Cora in there. Mitch, you're, uh, you have this huge, not this huge body, but you know, you got this beard gut Texan over your shoulder. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. Mitchell walk into the room. He'll look at Cora. Where do you want him? Put him there on the table. Or into that cage. Into that cage, I think, is better. All right. Mitchell heft him into the cage, bite his arm, take two, and then shove him in and slam the door shut. What's your plan for So, uh, I was thinking if we ever need a diversion, I could create something similar I created for the ritual. Uh, you know, the one where I sent the girl uh, running away that Coyote has slain. 
We could create something similar and send it into town just to create chaos. I like this. But yeah. for now, Why don't we, we do that just... to the girl? That'd be funny. Uh, I'm not sure Mitch would be okay with that. I surely ain't. Give Mitch a sidelong glance. <laughs> Last thing we need is the law coming down on us in any way, shape, or form, especially during the day. Mm. So, what is our plan? I ain't quite sure yet. Be great if we could make the girl forget the whole thing. Did she see your face? Uh, no. She thought I was her grandma. Well, we can keep her unconscious and then just drop her off near someplace safe. We could just leave her in the desert for the wolves. Or I could really horrid form, and she'll tell everyone all about the monsters that captured her. No one will, of course, believe her. She's a little girl. And And no one will believe her except for one of them officers that knows what we can do. True, true. If she thinks her grandma attacked her, we can leave her somewhere and let the cops figure it out. We'll see what Jasper has to say. I don't want no tales of monsters getting back to the cops. Hmm. So as you guys are saying that, Jasper and Richard, what are you guys heading to after that? You know the rest of the pack right now is in Cora's little haven within a haven. As soon as we're done, like, you know, setting the girl down, I just, I probably just like, I guess I headed to the others, just like, I need to convince them. So you I just, you two walk in. behind, I guess. So you two walk into her laboratory and you see that the, the body that Mitch brought in is passed out in a cage right now. And you five are in the same room. Scenes on you guys. Go ahead. Brothers and sisters, my plan can work, please. Uh, we, don't, we don't need to cause a trial any more harm. We just need to use, we just need to provide. Uh, please, Jasper, explain it then in detail. You know, okay. we trust you. Thank you, Cora. Thank you, dear sister. Okay, so we bring the girl to Juarez. We take her, sneak her in, or maybe we pretend that we yeah, we need to find some, bring it to uh, Trevor Moreno's club or whatever it is, and then we just act like we rescued her from in there, and then I use my many talents to to convince, to get the crowd on our side, to convince them that there is corruption in their midst, and then they, that they need to stamp it out, and then we just simply let, then we just simply leave Moreno to the justice that the crowd will deliver on him, and just then we can seek our target then. No harm will come to the girl. They, she will be rescued almost immediately by the by the mortals. So, so, so with so with all the chaos in the Juarez, they will not. They will be looking at everyone. Will be, our eyes will be on Juarez, not on us. Then we can just go and just go go on scene in our business. There's some merit in that. I agree. I think we could definitely do that. So, Richard, Coyote, I pat Jasper on the back and I say, "This is your." Moment to shine, my brother. Out of character, then, a couple, two things. One, you guys know that El Nipi is showing up tomorrow to find out what your guys' plan is. And he's going to show up with another pack just to kind of, like, answer questions. Because the banditos have been embedded in Juarez, but they haven't been doing shit. You know what I mean? They're kind of like forward observers in a way. Not even forward observers. They've just kind of been sitting in Juarez, just kind of scoping things out, you know, staying on the down low. And then, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also know from the year that you guys have been training, they're not affiliated. They're not like Vidar's little pack. They're just a Sabat pack who is embedded in there. You, uh, you also know, second, what were you guys talking about a two-pronged 
thing then? Were you guys talking about like having Jasper do his thing or you still want to do something with the body that's in the cage or is that like now just going to kind of be on hold or what's the, what's just so I know as a storyteller, so my brain can start formulating <laughs> like a response. What's your plan? Are you guys going to still use that body there, Cora or no, or what? I think we can just use them as a blood source, if nothing else. Do you guys want to continue the scene or do you want to go to the next evening? It's up to you guys. I think it was getting near morning anyway, right? Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, it was getting near morning, definitely. Yeah, I'll, I guess I vote for that. We just go to the next, next evening after like, you know, barricading the girl in the room, making sure she can't get out. So everyone crashes out. I'm going to do it in order of humanity. So guess who goes first? Richard. Blow a blood pool point. And then Richard, you're going to wake up first. Richard, you wake up in this room for the first time. Like you were probably just shown like a guest room. Like these people have been staying in these nice like guest rooms, but they've been like, you know, decrepit and dust cover. I don't know how you'd handle yours. You haven't had time, to be honest. You know what I mean? You're just kind of like, here, here's your room. You wake up. What are you going to do before everyone else wakes up? Um, First things, do I hear a girl screaming? We're in your room. You don't, but you know you haven't gotten out and walked by the room where she's at or anything oh, like right. that. You know. What I mean? Well, I guess um, the first thing is I probably walk around the the house and the premise. I guess just to get acquainted with it. I mean, I never really yeah. had the chance. So I probably you... check on the girl first yeah. thing. First, let's describe what, what you're where you're in right now. Right, this former resort. Kind of was like it's it's four stories, and it's circular in its formation. It goes around like the entrance area within, you know, where there, there used to be like a front desk, and there's like even maybe like a dance ball area or like a lobby area, or, you know what I mean? But the 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 floors go around it, and it's about no three floors, excuse me. And so the doors all face in, like the steps to go up are all like sagging. You know what I mean? Like the, it smells of moths and, and, and mold, mildew and mold. You know, you were in Cora's lab and you saw that is just was a decrepit place. That was in the actual basement. But you haven't actually been in anyone else's room. You know, they each have cleaned up their own rooms to their own liking, which have been described before. But you're walking around, you just like get this eerie sense of like, it almost like in your mind's scares you in a way because it solidifies more of what you're slowly becoming well you've almost been in subtly fighting against you know what i mean in your own way not like giving up that the 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 the, the last you probably feel more human now than you felt when you were alive does that make sense you know what i mean like where you're alive yeah kind of that's that's the thing about the new social situation for richard yeah, exactly. And so you're being reminded of now, like, what you're losing in a way. And so as you walk up to this room slowly, you hear just, like, this whimpering from within. You know what I mean? The girl in your head, you realize that the girl probably can't scream or do much because she has a broken jaw. You know what I mean? And her face is swollen. But you just kind of hear this defeated crying, you know what I mean, whimpering within the room you know but the door is closed and you're kind of like standing in front of this door and you're looking and it's like the the room number was like 207 but the seven has like kind of gone tilted because the nail that held in the seven has slowly made its way out due to like the wood warping because of like you know rain rainy seasons and stuff like that and you and you just hear it coming from within and you kind of feel this pang because you, even in your days of being a bootlegger, you were never like a violent criminal. You know what I mean? You were just the guy who was in the family business and who made money this way. So this almost touches like 
I would say almost, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to say what your character is thinking, but it would almost feel like like this escalated very quickly. You know what I mean? It went from like you were talking to a pal about native Aztec revolution and politics, walking into a town, just thinking you're going to feed and have fun. And somehow it all led to this, two dead bodies and this sitting in the room here. But in a way, maybe it's a console, it's a comforting feeling knowing that the end goal of this isn't going to be monstrous. You know, like your pack leader, your ductus has straight up said, like, nothing will happen to this girl. Your your buddy Jasper saying, oh, I don't, you know, even though he wanted to break her arm, thankfully you pointed out that her face was already busted up and that he says, oh, she's going to be safe after we're done. So it's like you're kind of rationalizing it right now. Like, yeah, you're hearing this whimpering and it's touching this pang inside of you, but you're like, eh, nothing's going to happen. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I think ahead. Richard is definitely overwhelmed, but also not um... – scared or um, afraid because the pack is on the side yeah yeah so. and i like this change in richard because like from last session where richard's like i don't trust you guys i don't know who you are vider now you're like there might like that valdry changed that you know what i mean and now for the first time you feel like you're part of a family which you never yeah. felt like as a mortal before either so i have an affinity of a living for richard too so he's like the new guy that joined the group that the big scary guy wants to be best friends with can I do like a role to find out whether Richard remembers that this girl probably needs to drink some water or something? No, you don't need to make a role at all for that. You know that you okay. know that. Um, you know what I mean? Especially being in, you haven't forgotten what it is to be human as much as these folks. So yeah. Right. So I'm gonna look for I don't know a jar, a mug, and um, try to find some water. You go downstairs and you're looking around and you actually go into the kitchen area and this kitchen is just like not been in. This is before the days of stainless steel. So you see like a big wooden like island, kitchen island, you know what I mean? Where people would prep food and you see like these old wood stoves, you know, you're looking around, you turn on the faucet and you're like nothing's coming out of it. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. Hold on. Let me, let me rewind that. Would you guys say that you've got the water rolling? Because I know there's a well in the back, I want to say, but would you say that you've accepted that the water doesn't run in here and you guys just have been using the well in the back? Or Well, it's not like we need plumbing. And I just know Cora needs to, like, doll herself up, but I don't know if, like, this institute requires washing hair or whatever. But I, I, I don't, we'll say that you look around and you're frantically, like, trying to turn on these faucets, you know what I mean? These old copper faucet head and, like, turning and nothing's coming on and you're just, like looking around and then finally you see like this back door to the kitchen and you open the back door and you look and you just kind of see this looks like there's a storage shed there. This definitely wasn't an area where visitors, you know, went and you see a well that's down there and you're like, cause this is still in the days when people used wells, you know, when they didn't have plumbing, uh, plumbing was something new in here and you go and you look under the wet, you look, you go to the well and you look down and you can see the moonlight like reflecting off some water, you know, so you can definitely use like the bucket and the contraption that's on the top to reel it down there, you know, and you reel it down there and you're sitting there and you get some water and you pull it up and you kind of just smell it and it doesn't smell tepid or, you know what I mean? Anything like that. So it's fresh, you know, drinkable water. Yeah. So I'm going to grab a bucket or something, whatever is there at the well, just uh -huh. grab Bring some it upstairs. Water. Yeah. Okay. So you make your way upstairs and you open the door and you see this figure. She's like laying on her, she's laying on her side that obviously her face isn't on and she can't open her eyes and you open the door and right away you have contact with like her bottom eye that's on this mattress and you just kind of see like her, that's how her face is wet from like the tears and you see she like, you can, you, as you walk closer and it's almost like scares you to walk in this room for a second, you see that her 
pupil is like is not fully dilated you know what i mean so like it almost makes it like you've seen this in like drunk people people who drank maybe too much to the moonshine that you guys made or if a bad if someone bought moonshine from a bad batch you know and it kind of had kind of went too far in its effects you kind of see that and she's just looking at you as you're walking in and she's not really moving too much but you know she's conscious you know yeah um probably taking a back for a second but yeah um i guess um uh, Richard's gonna try to lie to her <laughs> and just say, um, "You've been hurt. We're taking care of you. Here, you need to drink water a lot." And you see, she kind of like, like she tries to like push herself up, and you see, she's kind of weak, and she she gets herself up. She kind of sits back, and she keeps like tenderly touching the side of her face. You see, it's like all swollen, like her eyes purple. You know, just like the swelling around there and the jaw, and you see the jaws just sticking out. And you know, oh, she's trying to open her mouth, you know, her mouth, and she's like reaching for the bucket that you have. Yeah, Richard's just gonna keep talking so she doesn't really have a moment to speak to him. Just say something okay. like, Well, the damn telephone is broken again. We can't reach the ambulance, but we've got people here. Um, one of them was a nurse or something. She's old, but she can still do it and just need to drink she now. She sits there and you see she's like putting her hands in the water and she's like like trying to get some in her mouth and it's like drooling off to the side, but some is going in there. And you see that she starts doing that a little bit more eagerly as you're standing there for about a few minutes. And then she stops and she just kind of lays on her side and you see that her one eye closes like she's falling asleep, you know, after you do that. Nice. Very good. <laughs> so who has the next highest humanity? I know it's not Coyote. I know it's not Cora because I think you both have three. Mitch, you have a four, right? And what do you have, Jasper? A four now? Oh, yeah, five. And what do you have, Jasper? I have a four. Okay. So, Mitch, you're getting up. You do your daily routine. I take it, or what do you do when you get up? Uh, he'll do his routine, his prayers and all that. As you leave your room, Mitch, and you open your door, you kind of look down and you see, like, on because you're, like, on the – what floor would you say you're on, the first, second, or third? Just pick one. Probably – second so you see as you get out of your room and you put your hand on the railing and you're used to getting up before everyone and you look down and you see on the first floor walking out of the girl's room you see richard with the bucket of water you know what i mean as he closed the door behind him and uh, and starts walking down the hallway there's a moment where mitch you have a moment where you look down at him and richard you look up at him and you see each other go ahead scenes on you guys Mitch will give Richard a solemn nod. Um, I'm just going to say quietly, she's sleeping now. She's calm. But she is in a bad shape. I reckon she is. We'll need to get her back into town tonight. Yes. At this point, everyone's moving on with their day or night. Everyone starts getting up. You know what I mean? Uh, starts going about their ways. Do you, is, is there any scenes that you guys want to have between each other before I continue on with the next scene? Or... Actually, want to make sure to just go to Coyote and say, make sure you stay out of the girl's sight. We don't need to confuse her. Yeah, just yet. Yeah, we just. <clears throat> That's my response. <laughs> I think I want to check the fountain whether, I don't know, some wolves or yeah, whatever good... got into the uh, bodies that were left hanging there for a day in the sun. Yeah, yeah. You you actually kind of walk out to there and you see. Now, someone, we can retcon and say someone cleaned it up or we can leave them out there. It's, not really, you know, no one really comes here during the day. You know what I mean? Obviously, this is off the beaten trail. You know, this isn't on 
like I said, hasn't been visited in 20 years. Is your guys' call? Did you guys leave him out there? Did you guys clean it up before you guys hit the sack? Uh, I think we'd clean it up. Yeah, yeah, we can just say that. So you're sitting out there, Coyote, and you're smoking mm-hmm. your cigar, and you're, like, looking around with the machismo that you have, and you just see – to the desert. Yeah, and you see five figures on horses coming towards okay. you slowly. And you I'm see one – Yeah, definitely. You see four are drawn together, and you can't really make up the details, but you see that they're rather pale, the the, the horses. And you see the – the the fifth horse is like riding like 10, 12 feet or, or excuse me, uh, uh, about 10 or 12 yards to their left. And you recognize the horse slowly as it starts coming up as uh, the Pinto, the Iranipi, the Templar for Vidar, Archbishop Vidar rides. And then you see as you get, as they come closer, they come into like the courtyard area where the fountain is, where like the dirt, you know what I mean, starts forming and is more packed and you see the four that are coming up as they come up, you see they're riding these albino horses and you're kind of taken aback because you're looking at the eyes of these albino horses and their, and their eyes are filmy with like a crimson film, like a pink film, like it's blood mixing with like tear ducts. And you Mm. see like their eyes, these horses eyes looked, uh, look panicked in a way, but not like, you know, like you ever, you saw everyone at this time or another saw like a horse that was losing their shit. You know what I mean? And the eyes are kind of wide and going to the side of their head and rolling up. And you see that these horses, while they're walking calm, have that, 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 the, the, that movement to their eyes, you know, and you see like yeah. they, their mouths seem a little frothier, which is hard to make out on their albino, you know what I mean? Fur and on these four figures, you see uh, a guy, you see one figure that looks to be male. And he's wearing like a kind of like a beat up cowboy hat. And he has on the, like, looks like there's like blonde hair coming from underneath it. That seems to be cut short to about, be about ear length. He's rather scrawny looking guy, has no facial hair whatsoever. He has cowboy plaid flannel shirt. That's kind of like buttoned into like the middle button and it's open and his skin is very pale underneath there. And he seems to be wearing like, these leather, brown leather, worn leather pants, cowboy boots that are coming up. Next to him, you see a guy, uh, an African-looking guy who's behind him with a completely shaved head. And he's rather taller than the first individual sitting there, but he's not, like, bulkier. You know, he's kind of a slender frame. His skin, though, is very ashy in his color. Not so much brown or ebony, but very, like, gray. And looks almost to be, like, uh, it's deep and dehydrated in a way. And he has these gashing open wounds that you see at first. It took you a second to realize it, but they look like wounds that have never healed. He's barefooted and all he seems to be wearing is these pants that are seem to be very uh, poor excuse of pants that seem to be made of the same material that burlap is made out of. And like, they seem to be tied around with like a rope around him, around his waist. Then you see another guy on the next horse he is again seems to be clean shaven, but he is he's a white guy and he has very like long face, almost like his jaw is very like um withdrawn features, you know, gaunt, almost like his his at one time age was really like just gravity was fighting his features, you know what I mean? Not like any supernatural change like anything Cora would do, but very looks like someone who had a real rough life. 
he is wearing what looks to be an old beat up pair of blue jeans, cowboy boots. And he has like at first what seems like a leather jacket. He's not wearing anything underneath this leather jacket. But as you see them come into the courtyard right away, you instinctively know that this seems to be made of like human skin of some sort. Cause you see where it's like been like sewn poorly somewhat stitched, you know, but you can definitely tell. Uh, and the reason I say that is because of the lips comment that we were talking about in the first session that you had made, you see around his belt, he has like these, what looks like to be meat cleavers. He has like four of them that seem to be two on each side that seem to be hanging on the side. And then finally you see a female who looks to be rather short, rather petite, but very, very like homely, not like, like attractive, what you would consider uh, attractive at all. She basically has like chopped up black hair that's rather greasy. She doesn't look as pale as these others, but she has this like very withdrawn look into her eyes. And she's wearing all guy clothes, like a tucked in blue jean, like made shirt that's in these tucked in black slacks or tucked into black slacks. And these slacks are tucked in too like looks like World War One era combat boots, you know, those combat boots type stuff they used to wear. And she looks like she has like two pistols on her side and a shotgun. And also the first figure had two pistols, by the way, but the African-American didn't have anything. And they come walking up and you see Ilanipi, he gets off of his horse and you can tell he's like staying, they seem very tight before, but he doesn't seem as tight as them. And so Ilanipi comes up to you and he's like, I need to speak to you, your ductus, and your pack. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well... We have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games, with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. The mission seemed simple enough, don't they always? Simple sweep and flush-out operation. We loaded them up in a hazmat tanker in Montreal and shipped them to a downtown warehouse in the Valley of the Sun. It would have been in and out in a few nights. Well, 
We wouldn't be telling the story if it all went as planned, would we? I go ahead and uh, I pop quiet in. All right, yeah, I'm going to run at him and do a sweet spin kick and knock his head off. We're waiting to see whether or not the Abomination kills us. Shufflehead Chronicles is available on the Critical Hints feed. Search for Critical Hints in iTunes, Google Play, or any other podcatcher. I, I, I don't think this is how... No.